Greetings, everyone. This is Terry Naturally with another edition of Terry Talks Nutrition. We're here every Saturday and Sunday morning from 8 o'clock till 9 o'clock Central Standard Time in the USA. And the reason I say the USA is because you can listen to us anywhere around the world by going to our website, terrytalksnutrition.com. There you can listen to the radio show live anywhere around the world by using your computer, signing up on Terry Talks Nutrition, and then making sure your times are changed to be on the same time as we are here in the Central Standard Time, Green Bay, Wisconsin, USA. Although I know that's very inconvenient for a lot of people, so don't worry, you can go to the radio show section on the same website, and you can listen to the radio shows that we are archived there for your enjoyment. So anytime at your convenience, you can pull up a radio show and listen. You can do the same for our newsletter. You exactly won't be able to listen, but you can be able to read all the newsletters that we are archived there in the e-newsletter archive section of the newsletter. And why are we here? Well, always for you. I just always want to impress upon you that only you and I are responsible for our health. No one else. We can't blame anyone for our health because we are the ones that control the choices we make every day that influences, influences, I should say, our health. Good diet, good healthy foods, eight to nine hours of sleep, a degree of exercise, not overdone, but just to challenge your blood circulation, your heart, making sure that you get a good amount of exercise to maintain good health and good shape. We want you to stay fit and healthy. So we are always here to present topics, current topics, that are timely for your health. Food is your best medicine. It's the foundation of your health. Good, high-quality protein, high-quality fats, and plenty of fats, good-quality fats. Fats are not your enemy. Fats, good fats. There are unhealthy fats, of course, but there are good, healthy fats, and we do need them on a daily basis. We can't ignore fats. We cannot be on a low-fat diet and be healthy. We have to have plenty of good protein, good fats, good quality fruits and vegetables, and reduce the amount of carbohydrates and sugar. I'm going to say that almost every day, every weekend, just to make sure that you understand that it's our diet that creates our health. Our lifestyle choices cause 98% of our diseases if we do not make the right choices. The doctor is not your savior. And I'm not against doctors. Doctors are there and they do a tremendous job, but sorely they miss the opportunity to help us with, health, with nutrition. They have no idea 
how to improve the quality of our life by suggesting a quality diet. It's all drug therapy, all learned through the drug companies that their motive is to sell more drugs. They're looking for more ways to sell drugs. They need sick people to be able to sell their drugs to. You'll never sell drugs to healthy people. So no one wants to make us healthy. So it's our job. It's our responsibility. We have to do it ourselves. And no one wants to make it easy for us. They continue to say we need 5 to 11 servings of grains. Even the Diabetic Association telling the diabetics they should have more carbohydrates. That's more sugar. We don't need more sugar. Carbohydrates and sugar actually undermine our health significantly. So let's work on developing a better quality of life choices. And so today, I'm here to discuss a few great topics. The first one is called quercetin. It's our feature topic today, quercetin. Q like queen, U-E-R-C-E-T-I-N, quercetin. What is it? Well, we'll discuss that momentarily. What about being thin, but being fat inside? You can have people that are thin, but primarily they are fat internally. And you can always recover faster from illnesses by using adaptogens. We'll talk about what adaptogens are and how to use them. And are you or anyone you know eating your way to depression? And if you need a stronger heart, you may want to add vitamin K2 to your protocol, to your nutritional protocol. And then we can talk about how to reduce, reduce the risk of autoimmune diseases with vitamin D. And we have lots more, but I'm sure we won't go through the whole list that we have prepared for you, but we'll get a good start on it right now and talk about quercetin. So here's an introduction to quercetin. It's a naturally occurring compound found in many plants. It's primarily a flavonoid. Flavonoids are a group of compounds that are found in many fruits and vegetables. And the primary benefits of taking quercetin, it reduces inflammation. And remember, 98% of all of our diseases, so-called diseases, I call them disorders. Yes, we have diseases, but after the non-communicable diseases, we only have disorders. The body is out of order, out of balance, because we are not consuming the right, correct diet and lifestyle choices. So first of all, we have oxidative stress. 
oxidative stress is caused by anything that's responsible for the damage to our cells. So cells age faster. That's why we see more cancer and diseases in younger people. Years ago, the diet was extremely, well, I should say much, much more healthy than it is today. And even if they smoked, there wasn't as much cancer because the diet was able to reduce the oxidative stress of smoking. But today, our food is not as healthy as it was 50 to 100 years ago. Doesn't contain the vitamins and minerals anymore that it did at one time. And we are now doing more damage to our body by solar radiation, sunburn, smoking, any tobacco product causes damage to the body. Pesticides, we never had pesticides. Artificial fertilizers, chemicals, coloring, preservatives, and refined and processed food that does not supply the vitamins and minerals that we require to have a healthy body. So oxidative stress is caused by all of these above-mentioned conditions and even being overweight is oxidative stress. Extreme exercise is oxidative stress. And most people that are addicted to stress, excuse me, addicted to exercise, they're doing so much exercise, they never let their body recover. Oxidative stress, 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 stress. Age of the cells. So we see cancer more frequently at a younger age. We see more disease at a younger age. Now we can use antioxidants that are primarily found in fruits and vegetables. And vitamin C and vitamin E are also antioxidants. But the flavonoids that I just mentioned, that quercetin is a flavonoid. The anthocyanins, the proanthocyanidins, the flavonoids that are found in fruits primarily are powerful antioxidants. Curcumin is a very powerful antioxidant. Grapeseed extract is one of the most powerful forms that we can take as an antioxidant. And therefore, they neutralize the free radicals that are caused by oxidative stress. Too much oxidative stress damages our body and it causes inflammation. Quercetin helps to neutralize and reduce inflammation. And it also stops viral infection. Here are some of the foods that have the richest and highest level of quercetin. Red onions, kale, apples, but with the peel on, 
because the quercetin is in the peel. So what is quercetin used primarily for? Well, it's one of the most super powerful anti-allergy answers. And quercetin's superpower is the ability to neutralize histamine. Histamine is produced by the immune system to help protect the body against harmful compounds. But then again, histamine causes sneezing, coughing, mucus secretion, and are always finding a way to expel these toxic compounds. But histamine can also be released when the body mistakes something harmless as something dangerous. Histamine is produced in a higher amount when the body mistakes things like dust, dander, animal dander, or pollen as something dangerous to the body. This is then called an allergic response. We have an allergy. Quercetin has been shown to inhibit histamine by up to 97%. So quercetin is ideal for all types of lung and respiratory problems, asthma, allergies, COPD, infections, and allergies. Allergies is one of the most significant responses from quercetin. People that have allergies have very high levels of histamine. And quercetin lowers the level of quercetin, reducing allergies, infections, COPD, asthma, all of these lung and upper respiratory tract conditions. So how do you get more? Now, we know that quercetin works. There are a lot of studies that have proven it to be effective against the release of histamine, which causes all these other reactions. But we want to get more from quercetin. And the research shows that by combining quercetin with vitamin C can have a bigger impact than this, either one alone. The combination is more effective than the individual quercetin or the individual vitamin C. I know some people that take vitamin C for their allergies, and it does work on lowering histamine. Quercetin does the same, but together they have a greater impact on lowering histamine. Studies have shown quercetin gets even better results when combined with vitamin C. Now, here's a study. Increased anti-cancer activity. Vitamin C plus quercetin in breast cancer cells significantly reduce free radical, free radical activity. Also, for increased immune activity, vitamin C plus quercetin increased survival of influenza H1N1 
by 25%. And quercetin and vitamin C protected against bacterial infection, 100% mortality in the untreated animals in a study of animals research versus 60 to 70% survival in the treated group. So let me go over this once again. When you're taking vitamin C and quercetin and you have contracted influenza, flu, H1N1, Well, when they were given vitamin C and quercetin, it increased survival rate by 25%. But in the case of bacterial infection, vitamin C and quercetin, survival rate was 100%. And 60 to 70% survival in the treated group with vitamin C and quercetin. Vitamin C reduced the dosage of quercetin that's necessary for the antioxidant effects and extended its activity time. So vitamin C makes quercetin more effective and lasts longer at a smaller dosage. And vitamin C may also regenerate oxidized quercetin that has undergone a transformation from trying to reduce histamine. And in decreasing inflammation, in a study of otherwise healthy individuals exercising regularly, which causes oxidative stress, the harder you work out, the more exercise you do, the more damage you do to your body. It's called oxidative stress. Many long-distance runners will compromise their immune system and have more frequent cold and flu. Vitamin C and quercetin reduces the inflammatory markers more effectively than either one alone. In a study, 50% decreased for the combination of inflammation versus 8% for quercetin alone and 33% for vitamin C alone. That's a powerful statistical number. So when you take them together, Vitamin C and quercetin. It decreased, decreased. And we all have some inflammation in our body. And inflammation causes damage to all of our glands and organs, our cells, our skin, our eyes. And it causes more pain wherever in the body from joint pain to cancer pain, wherever. But quercetin and vitamin C together, the combination, 
was far more effective than either one used alone. In fact, it decreased inflammation by 50%, 50%. But if you only were to use quercetin, it reduced the inflammation by 8%. And in vitamin C, it reduced the inflammation by 33%. This is a really good statistical study to show the benefits of combining vitamin C and quercetin. So who and when should you use quercetin and vitamin C? Well, if you're experiencing any kind of respiratory conditions, like asthma, allergies, brain and mental function, such as Parkinson's disease, dementia, mental decline associated with aging, Now, these conditions are all caused by oxidative stress. You know, I've had people ask me, you know, my husband has Parkinson's. What caused it? Well, you can't say what caused it because I wouldn't know what the man's life is like. So does he drink a lot? Alcohol. Does he smoke? Does he not eat plenty of good fruits and vegetables. What is his life like? How much stress has he had? There are many reasons why a condition is caused. There is no one cause of a condition. It usually is multiple conditions that take a toll on the body over time, and then their weakest function of the body is the one that has the hardest time to recover. So brain and mental function is the result of inflammation, oxidative stress. If this, I guess what I would say is if you want to have the greatest degree of health is to start off with a good, high-value, quality, multivitamin and mineral supplement, a daily supplement, not a one a day, but a good daily supplement, meaning anywhere from two to four capsules daily or tablets, and then reducing all the damage to the body with an antioxidant, and an anti-inflammatory. And the two best and best combination is curcumin and grapeseed extract. Both are very powerful anti-inflammatory, antioxidants. You know, we hear so much of the wonders of chocolate and the wonders of many other herbal products But they're very, very small in terms of the antioxidant effects where curcumin and grapeseed extract are very powerful and very meaningful antioxidants. Along with a good multiple, that might go a long, long way to protecting and preventing diseases. 
which is the best cure of all, prevention. Quercetin and vitamin C also works on metabolic syndrome, immune function, antiviral, antibacterial, and antifungal infections, heart disease, cancer. Now, the one I've seen that I like the best, because it doesn't make any difference how much you take of an ingredient, what really comes down to the most important factor of an ingredient is whether or not whether or not it can be absorbed systemically into the body into the bloodstream circulating through the body circulating through the bloodstream the circulatory system to the individual cells for health it's like the plumbing in your home the pipes taking the water to the bathroom to the kitchen or wherever it might be your circulatory system is your plumbing of the body that circulates not water but blood carrying vitamins and minerals and nutrients and oxygen to every cell in your body, including your heart. In a study done with quercetin at 1,000 to 1,500 milligrams per day using six capsules, 500 milligrams each, up to three grams a day, did not deliver a very significant response. But taking 50 milligrams, not 3 grams, but 50 milligrams, but complexed with gamma-cyclodextrin, which is a starch, vegetable starch, that that combines with the quercetin to boost the absorption, and then combined with 250 milligrams of vitamin C daily. That combination, that's the combination I like. 50 milligrams of quercetin. But it's complexed with a starch called gamma cyclodextrin to boost absorption. And I've seen people that were able to take one capsule daily, not six capsules daily like the studies were showing, but just one capsule daily, and they no longer had any allergy response. They were clear of allergies. Now, hold on, my friends. I've got to pause here for a few moments. We're going to take a station break, or we're going to take a commercial break. And we're going to come back with more right here on Terry Talks Nutrition. And there you can go to listen to the radio show anytime you want. Subscribe to our newsletter. Read our newsletters. And just learn more about how to improve your health because your doctor won't tell you. We'll come back right after this right here. I'm Terry Talks Nutrition. I'm Terry Naturally. Back right after this. When I went into the break, I said, your doctor won't tell you because your doctor can't tell you how to be healthy. Your doctor has no idea what creates health. Eat a balanced diet. Well, does that mean you're standing on one leg or two legs or you're holding one plate in your hand and you're trying to balance it? What is a balanced diet? What the heck is a balanced diet? That's usually the advice that the medical community hands out to their patients. Eat a balanced diet. What does that tell you? Not much. Even doctors don't know what to do for their own health. 
So if they have problems, they usually are taking a drug. They prescribe for themselves. So food is your best medicine. That's the bottom line of your health. You eat garbage. What is that, what is that saying, huh? Garbage in, garbage out. Eat garbage. And the garbage that's coming out are diseases or disorders. Now let's think about how, to, how why people are thin physically on the outside, but they may be as fat inside as any fat person. I once knew a lady that had been fat all her life. And she struggled with being fat all her life because she ate the same fat-producing food. But when she wanted to lose weight, she ate less of the fat-producing food, lost weight. Now, when you lose weight, 35 to 50% of the weight you lose is muscle. So you're getting weaker, more frail, more fragile, more or less mobile. So you're losing muscle and fat. Now, all the people that have been on the yo-yo dieting, that means they lose weight, gain weight, lose weight, gain weight, all their lives, as this one lady was that I refer to, she lost hundreds of pounds over and over and over and over again and gained back all that weight over and over and over again. And every time you lose weight, you lose muscle. That makes you fragile and weak, less mobile. You lose your mobility. You lose your balance. And then when you gain weight, you only gain fat. Now, this woman I knew was about 87 years old. She was about 125 pounds. She could not get out of a chair without assistance. She could not walk up a curb one step up without holding on a parking meter or a shoulder of someone. She had no muscle strength at all. But she was thin. You would say, she's not fat, she's thin. But her entire 125 pounds was fat. No muscle. She had no muscle whatsoever left in her body. So she was fat inside, but thin outside. That's what I mean by saying you can be thin outside, but fat inside. So what causes our visceral fat to increase? Well, one thing is a lack of sleep. Increases belly fat. We'll get to that. Visceral fat. V-I-S-C-E-R-A-L. Visceral fat is fat. On the inside of the body that wraps around all of your abdominal organs and glands. 
You cannot see this fat. Visceral fat cannot be seen. So you can be thin outside, as this woman was that I mentioned earlier in the program, that weighed about 125 pounds, but she was all fat. She had no muscle left. So you can be thin outside and fat inside. In a three-week controlled clinical study, researchers compared the effects of sleeping four hours a night, restricted sleep, versus nine hours a night, a normal night's sleep. I think a lot of people would scoff at anybody sleeping nine hours a night. I do. I go to bed very early at night, but I get up very early in the morning. I like the early morning hours, and I like the early morning hours in the office. I'm usually in bed by 7.15, yeah, 7.15 at night, 7.15 p.m. Maybe, maybe if I step later, it might be 8.45 rather. But I get up at quarter to four. I take out my little girl to potty. I get all my things ready for the morning. I make my protein shake, protein drink. I'm in the office by five. I like an early morning start. But in order to get me to get me eight to nine hours of sleep, you have to go to bed early. You can't stay up till 10, nine, 10 or 11 and midnight and then get up at five or six. You need plenty of sleep. We cannot overstate that eight to nine hours is a normal night's sleep. Now, in healthy young people who are not overweight, these subjects were allowed free choices of food at all times. And the result of this study versus the normal sleep group, the participants in the restricted sleep group, the four hours a night, ate 300 to 500 more calories a day just because they did not sleep well or enough. And they had an 11% increase in belly fat. That's the visceral fat. And they gained a small amount of weight. You know, when you see somebody that has normal-sized legs, shoulders, but they have a great big beer belly, some call it a bread belly, some call it a pot belly, that is a huge amount of visceral fat. So much fat that it's pushing out the belly. That big, hard, looks like they're pregnant. You see, it's very, very common in men. Men have a high level of visceral fat if they eat a garbage diet. And women, because they don't have as much muscle, they turn their fat into belly fat. There's no pill that will help you lose visceral fat. And this visceral fat 
is made up of many, many very fatty liver, excuse me, fatty cells. And these fatty cells, visceral fat cells, cause inflammation. So when you're overweight, over fat, and 90, 90% of Americans are overly fat. And almost 50% of Americans are obese, which is grossly overweight. And this visceral fat causes inflammation that damages organs like the heart, kidneys, <clears throat> liver, and increases the risk of other serious diseases. Now, there is a condition called non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And drug companies are trying to come up with a drug to treat liver disease. And they are kind of competitively trying to beat to the market a anti-fatty liver disease drug when we know that the fatty liver disease is primarily caused by fat that is derived from carbohydrates and sugar. The more carbohydrates and sugar that is consumed in excess of what the body can handle turns to fat. It's stored for an emergency. But we eat so much carbohydrates and sugar and it creates an excess of fat. And this fat is producing more inflammation. So if you're trying to take a pill as an anti-inflammatory pill, like curcumin or grapeseed extract, but you're still eating the same diet, you're never going to, you're never going to win. Now, you may reduce some inflammation but you would reduce a tremendous amount of inflammation by changing your diet to a diet that is high in good quality healthy fats like olive oil, coconut oil, avocado oil, macadamia nut oil, but my favorite, favorite, favorite is olive oil. It is a high quality medicine. It does so much good, I don't even refer to it as a food anymore. I Look at it as a medicine. I take two to four tablespoons a day of good, high-quality, extra virgin olive oil that leaves a tingle in the back of my throat because it shows that it's a high level of polyphenols that are also anti-inflammatory, antioxidant. Now, women with high levels of belly fat, listen to this. These are proven facts. Not something I'm making up. I'm just I'm a reporter. I don't do the research. I just look for the research. And when we have research that I think you should know about, I bring it to your attention. That's all I'm doing. I'm a reporter. I want to bring you information that you can say, I want to, I want to try that. It might be to my benefit to, to get healthier. I'm only pointing out some directions that I would go if I wanted to be healthier. So women with high levels of visceral belly fat 
have seven times increased risk of having type 2 diabetes. A 20% greater risk of heart attack. That's why we see more heart attacks in women than we have ever. There's a 37% more likeliness to develop asthma. And almost twice, twice as likely to develop invasive breast cancer even if the body is normal in weight and proportion. Because that visceral fat is internal fat that causes all the damage internally. So how do we reduce visceral fat? Changing the diet. And I know I harp on this all the time, and I apologize for doing No, I don't apologize. I know you could be better if you took, took the advice of following the ketogenic diet. Explore it. Try to research it and at least give it some thought. One of the, here's a couple of websites I suggest to go and investigate. It'll pay big, big diff, dividends. Do you know you'll make more muscle without working out by just changing your diet? A diet that is high in carbohydrates and sugar cause your body to be soft and fat and flabby. A lot of times women say, look at my underarm where the tricep should be. How can I get rid of all this flabby fat? Stop eating the carbohydrates and the sugar. They make us soft and fatty. And change your diet to protein, high-quality fats, no carbohydrates or sugar, or lower it drastically. And get only your carbohydrates from fruits and vegetables. And low sugar fruits. But go to the website, ketogenic diet resource.com ketogenicdietresource.com and go to the website the diet doctor the diet doctor both of these sites will give you a tremendous amount of information if you want to lose weight without being deprived of eating a good healthy meal with plenty of food you don't have to deprive yourself. You don't have to walk away from the table hungry. In fact, you'll go longer between meals when you eat the right kind of food. Ketogenicdietresource.com and the diet doctor. So sleep at least seven hours a night to reduce fat. Sounds crazy? It works. Cut out the sugar. Well, no, don't cut out the sugar. Don't eat any sugar. There shouldn't be any sugar in your diet to cut out. No sugar. And lower your intake of all carbohydrates. That means from grains, bread, pasta. All of these flour products from grains. 
rolls, breads, cakes, pies. And then exercise, both aerobic and strength training are needed to reduce belly fat. There is no pill. I don't care what the advertising says. I don't care what they promise you. You can't reduce belly fat with a pill. I know you would like to because it's so much easier, right? Changing your lifestyle choices is not easy. I grant you that. You need to sacrifice to some degree. You need discipline to a huge degree to make the changes. But if you're sick and tired of being unhealthy, sick, and on, I don't know how many prescriptions. I know people that are on 8, 9, 10, 12. I ran into one gentleman on 28 prescription drugs. Now, that's not being healthy, and that's not going to gain any health. They'll become weaker over time. So this, this way you can make tremendous amount of changes, easy, and you don't have to diet. You don't have to count calories. You don't have to lower your portions of the foods you're allowed to eat on the ketogenic diet. Now, we've talked about adaptogens in the past. Adaptogens are herbs, like ashwagandha, like red ginseng, like rhodiola, like eleuthero. There are many herbs that are safe, non-toxic, and have a tremendous amount of ability to help us adapt to the changes in our life. Cold weather, hot weather, stress, whether it might, might be relational, financial, or whatever it might be. Anything that disturbs the calm in our life is a stressful situation. And adaptogens increase our energy levels, reduce fatigue, and reduce the stress level. It does not get rid of the stress. Stress is always going to be there. You can't take adaptogens and expect the divorce to go away. Divorce is a stressful situation. It breaks families apart. There's fighting over the money. They're fighting over kids. It's not a good relationship. But you can reduce the stress of the situation by consuming adaptogens. And you can feel better faster with adaptogens. They are plants that help the body, the human body, resist and recover from the effects of stress. Mental stress or physical stress, such as an illness or even an injury. Researchers looked at the ability of adaptogens to aid recovery from long COVID. Long COVID is the condition as once you are tested negatively, negative, you still have side effects of having a positive COVID-19, the infection. Some women continue to lose their hair. 
Some have extreme fatigue, tiredness, never feeling right. This is what is called long COVID because it's lasting a long, long time after being tested negative. You don't have the infection anymore, but you feel like you do. And some gained weight easily after COVID. Well, 100 patients with a so-called long, L-O-N-G, long COVID, were treated with a combination of adaptogenic herbs, including rhodiola, which is an herb that is commonly grown in the Himalayas, Siberia, Russia, and those countries in that vicinity. Another group of patients were put on a placebo. Now, 100 patients with long COVID were treated either with a combination of adaptogenic herbs, including rhodiola, or a placebo for two weeks. The patients treated with adaptogenic herbs experienced a significant reduction in pain and fatigue versus the placebo group, as well as a reduction in cough symptoms and increased physical activity measured by the ability to walk a longer distance without having to stop from losing their breath. So to speed recovery after any type of illness, here's a recommendation that I found to be highly effective. Take 500 milligrams of an adaptogen combination of rhodiola and ashwagandha up to three times daily. It'll reduce your fatigue and tiredness. It'll reduce the signs and the symptoms of what is called long COVID. This is just the aftermath after one has had COVID-19 infection. But now you are cleared of the infection, but these symptoms won't go away easily. Some have them for months and months, even a year. But this combination of rhodiola and ashwagandha using it up to three times daily, can speed recovery after any type of illness. So how about having a stronger heart? How do we get a stronger heart? Well, there's some research that says we should add a vitamin maybe that you have not heard of yet. It's called vitamin K2. Vitamin K, like Kathy, K2. You can increase a healthy heart function with this new vitamin K2. Here's some research. Research is always the proof of the pudding. 26 elite Endurance athletes received vitamin K2 or a placebo for eight weeks. Everyone 
completed tests to measure heart rate and cardiac output. The blood pumped per minute at week one and week eight while following their normal training routines. Now the results of this study, the intake of vitamin K2 increased cardiac output by 12%, which is an indication of increased exercise capacity. If you're a biker, a runner, swimming, whatever it might be, you want to improve the quality of your heart function. And even those that are more sedentary, they still want to improve the quality of their heart. To get similar increases in cardiac output with exercise alone, when using no vitamin K2, can take training and working out up to six to nine months. But training, meaning with vitamin K2 supplementation, reduced the training window by as much as 60%. K2 improves the heart function by just adding a simple combination, which I like. I like the combination better. I use the combination of vitamin A, vitamin D3, and vitamin K2. That's the combination I like to improve all cardiac function and reduce fatigue, tiredness, and a lower output of cardiac function. Well, my friends, again, this hour has gone by way, way too fast, but we're always going to be here, so every hour, every hour counts. And we'll be back here tomorrow on Sunday, 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock Central Standard Time, and you can hear us around the world. And you can also read our newsletters, or you can subscribe to our newsletter, which will be delivered to you at your email address on every Friday. So with that, my friends, you've got a lot to do. You have a lot to work on. But it will only make you better and healthier and happier. And you'll be able to do more with your life, increase the quality of your life, and have a lot more fun. So with that, my friends, say a prayer for this crazy, crazy world. Remember the Ukrainian people, they need our love and our our prayers more than ever. God bless you, and God bless this great country. Thank you for listening to Terry Talks Nutrition Weekly Show. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple, Google, and iHeartRadio.